Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam, and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome back to another edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes, just like ACDC and Andy Reid. We're back in black, Matt. How you doing, my guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Are you, you're not broadcasting from the radio station. You're broadcasting no. from a special place. Uh, my parents' basement. I feel like Paul Rudd, you know, the keg at my mom's. That's what it feels like <laughs> right now. Just I'm missing the keg. Uh, but a lot of Chiefs news. We're going to condense it into a nice little bite-sized episode for your ears. Mm. First, Andy Reid is back, back at work. This is all great news. I don't want to get too much into it because I do think it's personal, right? Your health is personal. I don't think if you're an accountant, no one wants to hear about your health. Andy Reid, all that matters, he is back. He is good to go. Josh Gordon, though, that's the big news. Josh Gordon signing officially with Kansas City. I get it. He's missed a lot of time with personal issues, with not being able to stay off of the weed. But (laughs) what do you make of Kansas City bringing in Josh Gordon? Well, there's a lot to talk about here with Reed. There's a lot to talk about with weed. But let me just say before we begin, (laughs) if you have weeds growing, if the garden is a little left of center, or if it hangs right of center, but it's a little messy over there too, uh, let me just say Manscaped has the product for you. The Lawnmower 4.0 gets rid of the weeds. Probably would help out a Reed if he wanted to try it here and there too. All we'll say is Chiefs Kingdom, you got to check it out, <laughs> manscaped.com. 
get you there. It's the Lawnmower 4.0. Helps you take care of all business on and off your field. Uh, use the promo code FANSIDED20. Get you 20% off and free shipping. Sterling, is that the best deal? That's the best deal. That, honestly, between that and Josh Gordon, you, you're not finding better deals outside of Chiefs Kingdom. Chiefs Kingdom is where it's at. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk Josh Gordon, and 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 let's talk um, Josh Gordon in in the way of expectations in a couple ways. Sterling, I'd love to talk about when you expect him, and I want to talk about what you expect from him. So let's start with the former, because because the you know reports are so he signed, he passed his physical today. He's on the team's practice squad. I'm assuming as of now. Yeah. So. You know, how complex is the position? How game ready is uh, is he going to be? What's your expectation there for when we'll actually see him suiting up and on the field? I would say not this week, not next week, maybe the week after that. I, maybe he comes back for the Bills game, but that still seems a little bit quick. Maybe the week after, but I don't think it's going to take him a long time. I, in the past, he would just jump right in. He'd be suspended, and then all of a sudden he's reinstated, and a team's like, yo, Josh, you you good? You good to go, man? He's just a natural athlete. Look at him. When you look at him, you're like, that that guy is a football player. Mm. That guy can make plays. I'm not worried about the conditioning. He's not going to be on the field 100% of snaps. Hell, Tyreek Hill isn't on the field for 100% of snaps. Yeah. I'm looking for a guy who can be a red zone threat, a guy who this team, in my opinion, desperately needs that the, the Sammy Watkins, if you will. And again, Sammy only played about eight games a year. Josh Gordon <laughs> can do that. <laughs> um, you know, let me ask you this. You, uh, I, I just remember like, you know, when people talk about playing the wide receiver position, the Andy Reid offense, the complexity there, you know, Jeremy Macklin, I remember some, for some reason, specifically Macklin would talk about, it takes him a long time. And he was talking about, man, it was like year three, year four. I was really learning how to be, you know, how to work well within it. Do you think that comes into play here? Or do you think, nah, based on what they'll ask him to do and how much they'll ask him, like he'll like, he doesn't have to master it all. He just has to be on the field. So you don't seem too worried about like an onboarding here. Yeah, I'm not as worried. I do think a lot of the switch from Alex Smith to Mahomes alleviates those issues. I think with Alex Smith, you had to scheme guys open more. But with this mm. team having the talent of, of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and obviously Mahomes, you, you, you trust them more. Sure, yeah. Andy Reid offense is very complex. I agree. We all, we've all we heard that from every single player. But when you have the immense talent, that's more one-on-ones. That's more do what you do best, beat your man. We're going to scheme what you can do and, and try and play to the best of your ability I don't think he's going to play a ton. Again, I expect Josh Gordon to be a lot of, of red zone targets. That's where I expect him to thrive. The Chiefs mm-hmm. don't have a, a super go up and get it outside of Travis Kelsey, right? Josh Gordon, I think, is going to be that guy. It, it reminded me on Sunday, we did watch a certain young player go up and grab a football way out of the Ooh. air. He stood 6'6". He grabbed the bottom half of the football came down with it in Jody Fortson. Uh, do you think this kind of gets in the way of all of our excitement and maybe some of the plans we had for these younger tight ends growing into some of that role? Uh, 
it's a good point. My initial thought was, who's gone? You know, if you're a chief who busted your ass trying to make this roster, you finally get your chance, and it may have only been until week three. Like, Fountain, that seems like the most likely scenario. He's been a healthy scratch. That's probably where, and he's going back to the practice squad, so that storyline may may end. Um, I think it's a good point with Jody Fortson, but there's room for both, especially on the red zone. I, I think Andy Reid's creative enough. Patrick Mahomes likes to spread the ball out. I mean, what – Everyone got a touch last game. Blake <laughs> Bell, Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I mean, the list goes on and on. Everyone was getting the ball. So I'm not too worried about this stunting their growth. As long as they can do what they do and, and show up when their number is called like Jody Fortson did, that's all that matters. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk about our excitement level here, like a 1 to 10. How excited are you by the Josh Gordon signing itself uh probably around a six and a half uh, okay Le- that's Le'Veon- a little more muted than i thought you'd be yeah Le'Veon bell was a one when he got signed i was irritated <laughs> i was irritated when he got signed i said this is horrible you He's were like, oh i was pissed well first of all oh, you know i loved I, it you know how i am about running backs you know how i am about running backs past a certain age you know how i feel about running backs past a certain age who complain and are a locker room cancer so that <laughs> was a unmitigated disaster in my opinion but <laughs> you know, I, I think this helps. Obviously, the Chiefs wanted a bona fide number two, uh, a guy like Josh Gordon, that prototype. They tried getting Juju Smith-Schuster. They tried in free agency. They struck out, right? So they've been trying to get a guy like Josh Gordon, or at least of that ilk, and they struck out. Now this guy becomes available. They think he's a bona fide wide receiver too. They go after him. So this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. The reason why it's a six and a half is – he hasn't been able to play a full 16 games. He's not played a full 16 games since I believe what his rookie season, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sammy Watkins game concerns. I'm excited. Yes. But a few of the past chiefs signings that are kind of, of the, you know, they've been good before. Let's see if we can bring him in and see what happens. Haven't gone great. LaShawn McCoy, right. Um, Le'Veon Bell. And I get it. Josh Gordon isn't those two guys, but I do want to at least tamper expectations. I'm not expecting Josh Gordon to go out and have 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, let me take it a different direction. I want to raise the number, and I want to lower expectations. My number for this is a 9, a 9 out of 10. But that's not because I think Josh Gordon is going to get 1,000 yards. And In fact, I would say I would be very, very pleased. I think Josh Gordon is going to get 400, 500 yards total on the year. Here's what I think. And, and I put a little bit of this out there on Twitter, but but if we say actions speak louder than words, right? Brett Veach overpaid. Brett Veach paid through the nose for Sammy Watkins. Paid through the nose for Sammy Watkins, knowing his injury history and gave him three years anyway at like 18 million a year, right? Like like at one point Sammy Watkins was the highest paid receiver in football like in terms of cap hit uh, for like one or even two years of his contract. I bring that up because here's what I think. I think what that tells us is like, who knows what Andy Reed needs on offense more than Brett Veach, right? Like Brett Veach got the job because, because Clark or because Clark Hunt was like, Hey, these two have this sort of symbiotic relationship where, where they love each other. They trust each other and they know exactly like they're on the same page. So if that's the case and 
and Brett Veach went shopping for Sammy Watkins like he did, then he knows what Andy Reid needs most to make everyone flourish on offense is that other big dynamic target who with, who with solid hands, dangerous after the catch, can go up and make the contested catch, that kind of guy, right? That X receiver. So we had him for three years and everyone complained about Sammy's health. But the fact remains is that the chiefs even wanted him back if the price would be right. So, so they love that. Then, then they go shopping again. They go for Juju. They go for Josh Reynolds. They go for T Y Hilton. That's like public courting when you've also got like D Rob, McCole Hardman. I mean, I mean, this is like, in other words, Brett Veach has made no secret of, you know, we're shopping in the wide receiver aisle and doing so very publicly. And we pay very well to fill this role. And when they couldn't fill the role, we I think we all kind of talked ourselves into the fact that maybe they switched aisles and suddenly like maybe Cornell Powell is the answer or maybe like a rookie tight end is the answer. And the reality was, oh, someone finally put something back on the shelf and it was a reinstated Josh Gordon. And now they get Gordon and everyone's kind of freaking out going, oh, he, well, does he, he doesn't play defense and what good is it? You know, like the offense is not the problem, but and I, I'm, I know I'm like, I'm like dominating here for a second, but I just want to make this point. Tyreek Hill was, was a good receiver growing into a number one receiver when Watkins came in. And Travis Kelsey was a thousand yard tight end when Watkins came in. But when everyone was able to do what they wanted, Kelsey went from, oh, he's a perennial pro bowler to, Oh my gosh, he's Canton bound. Like he was averaging like 1400 yards. He's like setting season records, right? When Watkins is on the field or at least a factor in let's say half a season, Tyreek Hill went from um, you know, growing into that one one receiver role to, oh my gosh, this guy is an elite downfield force who's on par with the DeAndre Hopkins and and the and the Odell Beckhams of the NFL. I mean, so these two flourished when there was that X receiver. It's not about just freeing them up. It's about letting the entire offense take it to the next level. So people are going to look at Josh Gordon's stats and go, oh, see, he wasn't worth it. Or they're going to or they're gonna complain that he doesn't play defense. And the reality is it's like when, when it's like Clyde not taking that extra leap where he can go be that Kareem Hunt type. Yeah. And then we're complaining. Like we've seen this offense in that very dynamic set and so to me it's a nine out of ten because if Veach thinks he got his guy and he's done shopping I like what that means for this team yeah I think you brought up just a whole bunch of good points a, a plethora of good points because I, again I'm not going to go nine out of ten but I understand why you went nine out of ten with your reasoning uh, I do want to talk about very quickly teams have been going for on fourth down much more often against Kansas City I want to preface this by saying teams should have been doing this long ago, but there was always this stigma of worst case scenario. Head coaches always go, well, the numbers say we should go for on fourth and one, but if we don't get it, I'm going to get blasted in the media. I'm going to get all of these questions, right? Well, now they can point to the numbers as an analytics dude on the sideline holding a clipboard saying you should go for it. Well, the Chiefs are the perfect example of why teams should. You can also say, well, I got Patrick Mahomes over there. We can't mm-hmm. go, you know, we can't change threes for sevens, right? So now that teams are seen, they can have success against Kansas City. I want to see Kansas City 
start using the numbers in their favor. They have the most potent offense in the NFL. I want to see them go for it more on fourth and three, fourth and two, fourth and four. You know, if you're at midfield, are you telling me you're going to, okay, 30 yards of field position or give Patrick, Travis, and Tyreek a chance? Give Patrick, Tyreek, and Travis a chance. Yeah. I just, I, I've been interested in watching the transformation of the NFL go from worst case scenario to now teams are going, what could happen if we go for it? I, yeah. I, I've been, I've been intrigued by this. Yeah. Based on what you saw and the Chargers success, do you think we're going to see more teams going, all right, we're going to, and like, unless it's a, just an incredibly long scenario and a, a, a place where the odds obviously are not in our favor. I mean, do you think we're going to see an increased level of that against the Chiefs? 100% teams should and they need to and because the Chiefs defense has been as poor as it is a lot of times it makes sense and again it gives the coach the out now you're not looking at the defense saying we didn't trust you it's you saying they have Patrick guys we that's been the biggest out for these coaches they can yeah. they can have the defense believe it's not that we didn't trust you it's because they have Patrick and that, and that's been I think a revelation for these coaches but yeah, I do think teams are going to the Ravens. They've obviously been a big factor going for two more often. Yeah. Um, Sean McVay, we, we all know about how he's been trying to become more analytical at that side of the game, going for two, going for it more in fourth down. But again, I think the Chiefs are going to be the perfect team for teams to take advantage of. And Kansas City is going to have to find a way to combat this. Hmm. Do you think the interior, the new offensive line comes into play here? When I was watching the game on Sunday – uh, sometimes the bookends can have a problem, but when Clyde would run off all these big yards, it was usually running behind a guard, right? Like we, it was running behind Joe Tooney, running behind Trey Smith. The Chiefs have these maulers now up front in Tooney, Creed Humphrey, uh, and and uh, Trey Smith. Like, does that give you more confidence for the Chiefs to go for it, maybe on the ground there too, or what do you think? Yeah, it should. I mean, this offensive line is just massive, right? They're huge. The only thing I'll say is it's taken them a little bit of time to gel. We haven't seen them get huge pushes. It's not like Clyde's out here just getting untouched for four yards before he's getting you know, tackled. He's getting hit, and I, I don't think Clyde has shown the best vision. I think there are holes there. It's not the boxes are stacked against him, but the Chiefs should be able to. On paper, when you look at it, yeah, 100% on fourth and one. No longer should we see a Patrick Mahomes QB sneak with the worst possible scenario on your mind. It should be a, oh, fourth and one. This is an easy Clyde. Give it to him. Run behind Trey Smith. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this. We uh, we just have a few more minutes until we have to go. Um, sorry, we have a short show this week for you folks, but at least wanted to get something out there. Um, I want to bring it back around to Andy Reid. Andy Reid being back um, and whatnot. When you think about a scenario like that, we have this continuity of leadership. Do you think that, you know, maybe the Chiefs had a had some sort of scenario in play? Do you think the Chiefs would be able just to pull things off without without a hitch because enemy has been there so long, because Dave Tobe has been there so long as an assistant head coach, etc.? Like, like if Andy weren't unable to be there, what do you think we're missing? You know, I, I would like to think because of the continuity and the front office structure, they all seem to be on the same page. 
I'd like to think that everything would be perfect. There'd be no issues. And maybe for a game or two, it would, right? But Andy Reid is that constant innovator. We've seen time and time again throughout his NFL career, he's always one step ahead of everyone else in the NFL. He's that one guy you point to, especially offensively, that can help change and push the game forward. For a game or two, yeah, I think the Chiefs could handle it. But I do think it it would be a loss if Andy Reid, for some reason, like you said, if he was out for the whole season, I I, I would be nervous, right? I would be nervous. I I love Eric Bieniemy, Kafka, all those guys are great, but I, I would be straight lying to you if I if I didn't say I would have some sort of trepidations mm-hmm. uh, if Andy Reid was somehow gone for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think we're all happy not only to see him back. Even to see him go off the field, it kind of put the loss in perspective. Like the moment that the Chargers lost, I wasn't as down about the loss because I ended up going, well, I'm more concerned about Andy Reid, to be honest. Like I, yeah. I think the Chiefs will turn it around, and I'm kind of over the loss because I'm just more concerned with making sure that Big Red is back. So seeing him back again was actually heartening and probably helped absorb the the blow from two consecutive losses. Yeah, 100%. Uh, st- yeah, any other parting thoughts before we get out of here, Sterling? R-E-L-A-X, everyone. Relax. Relax. I'm, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling the Aaron Rodgers. I, I hate Aaron Rodgers, and I'm even pulling that out because Chiefs are fine. This feels very much like the the Patriots teams that would start off one and two. They're done, guys. They're done. And then they're in the Super Bowl. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also glad that you ended up – like spelling out relax, but then saying what it was just in case we were slow. I was like, did he just relative? Re- what did he say? Rel- <laughs> relics? What's a relics? Skrillex. Folks, we, <laughs> folks, listen to Skrillex and relax. My name is Matt Connor. You've been listening to Sterling Holmes uh, on the shortened, but we still appreciate you. So we want to get something out there. Episode of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Check us out at Homestretch KC for Sterling's Twitter Don't even bother with mine. Just follow Sterling. We'll see you next week. (laughs) What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.